hello. Hello. Do it. <laughs> hello. Hello. Oh, hello, and welcome to Always Strikes Last. Where we deal with Matt. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you all, dear listeners, were subjected to an experimental intro tone, probably yeah. inspired by that weird World Cup sound from a couple years ago. But hey, you know, probably not going with that. We'll find something better. But uh, yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you got the weird intro tone, listen again to see if you did. It's an A-B test. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> just there's listen a, to the there's whole a little episode. known, little known fact that if you break apart the <laughs> harmonics and study it for a good amount of time, makes you a better player. There, there we go. Um, also, we have hidden a brown note somewhere in here, so watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Miles, and of course, I'm joined by Matt and Jack. This is always strikes last. <laughs> Get that out real quick before I forget. <laughs> yeah, before the listeners are confused and leave. Yeah. Uh, we're an Age of Sigmar podcast, in case anyone was wondering. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, After the openings, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so let's see. This weekend, uh, I just ran in, I just went and played a, a Highlander tournament, uh, which was a good uh, good time. It was at uh, Underworld Gaming in Dublin, uh, which is my local shop now. So they're, good, they're a good time if you're in Dublin. Um, and it was fun. I played... The Highlander format in 40k years ago, when it sort of started circulating, this is the uh, there can only be one list building format. So it's uh, and what we did for this one was uh, you can only have one uh, copy of a unit unless it's unconditional battle line, at which point you can take multiple copies. So, uh, when you say unconditional battle line, I wouldn't be able to have you know an extra Ungor Raiders per. Ungor or exactly okay gotcha right and um so that was pretty interesting it really like i think largely it forced people to rethink their um uh sub allegiance choice right um like for example i brought the chapas for iron jaws which is the one that no one ever takes because it's dumb but um you can use the war chanta to give out three plus one damage buffs, um, which is good because I can only take one war chanta. Nice. So that was like the reason to do that. Now there's no other reason to take that sub allegiance as far as I can tell. Um, but unless you're really going for it, I guess with that seems like such a fun concept though, just uh, knowing how that'll break apart. Maybe the army you would expect to see from some faction or something new, just it recreates that novelty and kind of fun. What if factor for the game? If you like, absolutely. As yeah, somebody who spans the useless units, I would be totally screwed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true, Matt. Uh, it definitely really, uh, um, <laughs> really uh, validates the people who like me, who are the, let's just have one of everything kind of uh, army collectors. It's like, oh yeah, I, have, I don't have a unit of them yet. Maybe I'll grab one of those instead of having good, solid, redundant choices for for my army to build off of. Or poor redundant choices. I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. It depends yeah. on your flavor, really, when it comes down to it, right? That's um, true. <laughs> but yeah, so it was really good. Um, my army didn't change a lot. I ended up uh, because I had the extra points. I ended up allying in some uh, Moon Clan shooters, which were useless. But uh, I had a great time. You know, I think they did four wounds over the course of the event. 
and uh, died to a stiff breeze uh, every single chance. Uh, so 125 points well spent. Nice. <laughs> really. Very well, interesting. I'm sure all the listeners and myself and Matt would love to know, you know, what was your path to victory? Or if you didn't win all your games and crush it, path to a place like what did you path to run into? sure yes how did uh, you well, get my, to the area where you sat my also my path to victory got immediately disrupted by uh playing this fellow named rob and his gets uh first round and oh my god i knew i knew that they were fast the new squigs especially i you know in my head i had looked at it on paper i was like oh these guys are fast and I set up in a kind of conservative way, you know, for Iron Jaws. Um, and I was feeling really good about myself. And I think I killed one unit and then was tabled on turn two. Sounds about right. Sounds, so sounds that was pretty right. brutal. Uh, definitely need to go back to the drawing board and think about what we're going to do about that. Um, you know, I don't need to. I'm not going to belabor it. Gits are good right now. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in, a, in an army that just has to fight them you know, on their terms, because that's what we do. We're iron jaws. We fight you on your terms. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Was and the it, story of the game. They bounced at you and bounced. Yes. Hard. Okay. They bounced. They bounced real good. Uh, they did not bounce <laughs> off this time. No. Um, but then I had a really good game against a Sylvaneth player who had a pretty fun list. Again, one of everything. So, you know, it was a really mix of i think he had two units of dryads and those were his obviously he's allowed to take two units of dryads um a little bit of an all over the place list and i think he was a newer player but was had really mastered all of the um strike and fades really smartly and all of that sort of like teleportation tech and where to put the trees to get maximum effects so i was definitely spread thin trying to cover his teleportation um and also and that was uh realmstone cash so i got an early lead by just being able to sit on the objective in the middle and i'm a pile of orcs what are you going to do mm-hmm. um but i couldn't do that and also keep all the teleporting from stopping um i had a really disastrous uh round of combat with the mock pressure um and lost him so it was like kind of like trying to claw it back and he ended up winning in the on um, turn five basically um through teleport shenanigans and being able to, you know, grab a few last minute points to edge out the victory. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. He played well. Nice. That's, nice. That's very interesting. Normally people are saying it's a three turn game. Now that's actually kind of nice to hear that somebody can go all the way to the fifth turn and actually still affect the game. Oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, we both still had stuff. It wasn't like a bloodbath. Like first game was a bloodbath. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a gets bath. Yeah. I'm and sensing then, an extreme green theme so far, by the way, Miles is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, well, know, you're... <laughs> uh, depending on uh, what, uh, how, how you uh, draw them, I guess uh, my third game was against the Eidneth Deepkin, which, depending on pollution levels in your area, could be very true. Green. True. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this was a fellow, he was running uh, lots of Namardi, um, specifically Reavers. So it was a big shooting list. And he had sort of, um, he did this really good play uh, of pushing his shark, like auto running his shark on turn one. I gave him the first turn. It's the only time in the tournament I had the option to, to change the thing and or to, to change the initiative. And I would really love a double turn option. And especially against uh, Ideneth, you really don't want them to double turn you, especially into turn three. Like that's like the oh, worst yeah. possible scenario. So 
controlling that pacing, I thought was going to be really valuable, but he pushed his one single shark up into my face on turn one and just sat it there and did nothing. Right. And, uh, I couldn't move. Right. Because the one thing that I do first turn, uh, every time is mighty destroyers to get my guys that extra round of movement because they're slower than anything that's ever been made. And, uh, <laughs> and I can't do that because it turns out, uh, mighty destroyers. If you are already within 12 inches of an enemy unit, instead of getting a free move, you have to immediately charge. And that is cool. <laughs> there is, uh, some really fun interactions with that. Right. But he basically was like, yeah, you can use that ability, but you are now doing 11 inch charges on everybody. That's wonderful. Instead of, instead of four inch movement. Oh, that's, that's um, really good. Uh, that's yeah. golf, that's golf clap worthy. Yeah, yeah, no. So that was really good. I was I was kind of penned in, very frustrated, uh, and uh, so that was interesting. He sort of suicide bombed his uh, Kellyan King into me uh, to try and do some damage. I was able to weather it um, through some good, uh, largely just excessive use of uh, all out defense. <laughs> when when it's then, needed. When yeah. it's needed. And then. Uh, uh, was able to sort of kill him. And then he had sort of gotten all of his reavers sort of staggered in waves, uh, sort of moving up the field. And, you know, like, cause you know, he, he layered them in deployment and uh, one round, I want to say it was turn. No, it must've been late turn two. Yeah. That sounds about right. Anyway, bottom of turn two, I get the three D six charge prayer onto the, onto the big unit of brutes. They charge 14 inches and then smashing and bashing. All of the thralls are gone. 30 reavers are gone. The shark is gone. His king is gone. There's an Eidolon and uh, like 20 reavers left on the board. And that's about it. So he, he tried. He really tried. No, he did. And like, I think you, you uh, worked him. You worked him I did, good. I guess. So, <laughs> but he was playing really well. And I was definitely like, feel it like, I was like, crap, I don't know how much more of this shooting I can weather. You know, like, um, I was, I had, uh, thrown up, I've got, uh, 15 art boys, um, cast, um, mystic shield on them, you know, give them the extra damage buff from the war chanter, get them up front. So, and then, you know, hit them with the all out defense. So they are just tanking as hard as they can. Um, but that's, you know, I'm not, that's not going to last more than a couple turns. You know, so I'm like, this is uh this is a losing strategy. So I was pretty lucky to be able to get those long bomb charges. And then it was just like, uh, you know, you weren't, uh, you have, uh, lightly armored bodies, which is like exactly what I'm excited about hitting. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you're just cleanup crew. Yeah. Um, that's true. But, it, uh, it wasn't that first turn, so you weren't dealing with the extra stacked saves, right? So it wasn't like the, what I, they start out in cover or something for the first turn. Yeah, exactly. So I had tried to throw the pigs into the Eidolon <clears throat> early on, but he's at plus two save because he's all at defense and in cover and he didn't charge. So I was like, oh, this I, I went nowhere. You know, I think I did tie him up, which was interesting. You know, kept him from doing what he wanted to do because he had to fight pigs for two turns. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a worthy sacrifice there. I don't know. Probably wouldn't do it again. I mean, in all honesty, the Eidolon, you, you don't want him charging, right? So as long yeah. as he's not charging, you're you're in a better place. So sure. I I would have I would have tried to do 
that, yeah. that would have been my first thought, right? Either hit him yeah. with mortals as quickly as possible or just make sure he's not moving around the board. Keep him in combat or make him waste his charge on the next turn trying to get out of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it was a fun event. Uh, again, so I went uh, one and two. Uh, obviously, you try to win more than you lose. Didn't work out for me that <laughs> yesterday, but that's okay. Um, and uh, one of the fun, one of the most fun lists, and I think the fellow had a really good uh, good time with it, uh, was the Lumineth list. Because... Oh, uh, you know, Lumineth is a book that is full of conditional battle line. Mm, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so uh, you can't take two units of Sentinels because they're not battle line. You can't take two units of those dudes on horses. They're not battle line. You can't take two units of Ruse. You can't take two units of, you know, like the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had a little bit of everything. You know, he had a Goku, he had a Cathalar, um, a big unit of the cow guys, uh, an Avalonor, you know, like it was a smorgasbord of different uh, units and it looked absolutely like super fun. Oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, for That's those great. who don't know, uh, Goku is the wind mage. He's on. Yeah, yeah he's, he's flying around on his little cloud. Yeah, he's on see, Nimbus. I, I think I love that idea. I wish I would see LRLs kind of like that. Because yeah. certainly they look great. It's very archetypical to have like the ranked masses of archers and mm-hmm. spearmen to use their old school high elf names. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But yeah, like they can be a little bit oppressive, you know, with this old castle thing. And it's kind of fun to see the different things doing their do their different special things. <laughs> well, it's always been interesting to me too. That book has so much variation now. And while some of those units don't aren't oppressive they're actually tactically more viable than some of the other units, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the first two iterations of that book, and somebody's probably going to be like, ah, no, you're wrong. Um, you know, <laughs> there wasn't that much tactical, tactical viability to the army. It was just like, we do this one thing, and if somebody finds a way around it, we're dead. Um, sure. And that was kind of like, you know, people, people hoping that they would get... Uh, either decent matches where they couldn't get auto dispels for techless for his four plus wards. Um, or it was just, you know, right. So yeah, like, you got a gargant into their lines and you started smashing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. army was done. Uh, so like, I, I don't know. It, it feels like, it feels like it should be played that way, to be honest. Um, I know it, for the 40 K reference, it feels like a third edition Eldar book. And how that should be played, where you want to have one of everything to really actually work. Um, you want to have your your full Swiss Army knife yeah. full of gadgets for whatever <laughs> the exact application is that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the army the the model range for that army is so beautiful too. So mm-hmm. it's it's always kind of weird to just see that and be like, okay, you know, I've cool. played this four hundred times, and we know how to beat this now. <laughs> Maybe you could branch out. There we go. <laughs> um, but uh, so one thing that was kind of interesting yesterday. I mean, as we get, as I get more um, uh, experience with the DGHB and keep playing the new missions and stuff like that, uh, there definitely seems to be some contention about the. Books that have battle tactics that are good and books that don't have battle tactics that are good. 
because uh, I know in my Gits game, I don't think my the Gits player used a single one of the uh, standard battle tactics. Interesting. Which is very interesting. I have, or or I lost so early that you know I wasn't paying attention. One of the two. Well, Definitely one of the turn two. Turn two, right? Turn two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on um, 50 50 there. Okay. Little a column A, little a column B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> um, but it is interesting, you know. So playing as orcs, like uh, Iron Jaws. So we have two two book battle tactics that we have access to as an Iron Jaws player that doesn't bring uh, Gobsprack. It's a Gobsprack. I don't. Whatever the named guy on Mock Russia. Yep. Yep. The um. We'll call him Bigger Orc. Bigger yeah. Orc, yeah. I think he comes back to the one from the, the Thin Orcs. He's on the okay. Vulture. Okay, yeah. But, well, Gobsprack will do it, too. Anyway, <laughs> there's one battle tech that you can do if you have him or, or Gobsprack or, or Kragnos, um, which I don't. Uh, but, so so other than that, the Iron Jaws have two. There's one that is um, Get Stuck In, which is first or second battle turn, or turn, battle round only. And Every single one of your models ends the turn holy or within twelve of the enemy. Well, Which that's... If, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting against maybe something like the new beasts where they're encircling you, or you got a lot of deep strikes. You know, so there's some stormcast play to it, but the danger is always that you go for it and then you kill yourself out of range because it's at the end of the turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See that that's uh, interesting. That's interesting because that one's like conditional, but kind of tough to do. Right? You can't just like be scrumming through your book because the normal ones don't look easy and automatically yeah. find that one is like, oh, oh, of course I have this as my backup. That's like once in a while you'll be able to make it work, but it's not right. a gimme. And it's always one that I'm looking f- to make work, and I've never succeeded. <laughs> yeah, I find that one the hardest, um, and and it. Because because it's so uh, actual uh, 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 battle plan dependent, right? That's true so too. Yeah, if you're, some if of them. Your map is like uh, opposite corners, and you know you only want to hold your first objective for one turn. Um, yeah. Why? Why? Why would you move up there and even give your opponent that um, that ability? Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, also, you're very susceptible to a three-up redeploy <laughs> screwing up your uh, mm. your battle tactic, which is you know always uh, an issue. Exactly. It's, it's I mean it gives them that <laughs> clear way. It's like I can roll one dice from one command point and maybe get those two points, which is kind of never what you want with the battle tactic right. at all. I, I I've been thinking a little bit about this, you know, the book tactics in general, and I feel like. There's kind of three broad categories of them. If you look at like every books, if they even have them kind of list, there's sure. the once in a blue moon, hard as heck to pull off. Don't do this unless you're desperate because this is how you lose that battle tactic and you give the sure. two points. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the conditional sometimes where sometimes you happen to be in a position or very carefully put yourself in position to make it work. But otherwise, it's not like naturally very easy. Yeah, and maybe like the, it's kind of a wide range there, kind of going to either end. Maybe that mm-hmm. one you were describing, Miles, is there. And then there's like the ones I think people get a bit more incensed about, which are like 
the free points button. Like they're just whamming on it whenever they need it to, to kind of like sure. essentially not have to do a real tactic, you know, or something which is more difficult. The equivalent of like run three units <laughs> from the other GHB, you know? Yeah. The, oh yeah, I was going to do this anyways, uh, tactic. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like those are, those are all over. Um, I generally shy away from the book ones for the most part. Um, for some reason, I think it's more just not being able to remember them. That's usually what it is. <laughs> Fix that. <laughs> uh, but it, it that is seems like sh- a you problem. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> definitely a me problem. But it is very strange, right? Like some of these are. Oh, I was going to do this anyway. So here we go. Right. Yeah. Um, and and others very much are just okay. How is that even possible? Show me a world where that is possible. And I yeah. think the, the biggest offending books for, well, not the biggest offending books, the books that have the, the most problems with this are obviously the, the older books, which were like, okay, how much do we want to lean into this? Mm-hmm. But the second tier of those is the like split faction books, the like Oric Warclans sure. Im- immediately came out and was like, okay, uh, we have, one two battle tactics right that are yeah. that are actually viable per independent um sub faction sub faction yeah yeah um and and that's a that's a bit depressing right yeah um i remember picking up the orc book and going okay cool um let's see what the ghb has got because i'm very rarely going to get these sure the the big wall one is easy right there's one that's like if you have 30 big wall points you just get it um right that that's definitely the going back to jack's like slam on the the points button yep. um and then the other one that for iron jaws that i do get occasionally is uh oh you have battle line at the beginning of the round and now you don't yeah and that's super yeah. situational right that's still yeah. super situational and those are the ones i think that feel kind of okay i mean like they're not auto pass but you know yeah, yeah you can maybe get something out of them there are a couple from the slaves of darkness books either i've used or i flirted with I'm becoming more familiar and comfortable with now mm-hmm. which are kind of like that I, I would put them in the probably too close to easy but still like in the conditional camp mm-hmm. you know one sure. of them is basically you know do you have a unit with a banner and anything else i think i think it is when i reviewed it more recently can you get them in enemy territory that's like a point um or, or a couple points Mm-hmm. And then another one is basically look at some 12 inch or around an objective. Is there an enemy unit there at the end of the turn? Is there no enemy unit there? So if you have like a lightly defended objective and you know, you're going to kill that thing, like definitely you can just get the, yeah. Points. so yeah, I had, uh, the Ideneth guy had a good one like that, which was, uh, there's a unit within three inches of your boat or whatever the range was. I don't care. Uh, and at the end of the turn, there are no units in that range of your boat. Yep. Yeah. Beast of Chaos has one similar. Um, Bone Splitters actually has one that's interesting, um, yeah. which is just kill an enemy monster, which again, situational. Um, yeah. You have to have one on the field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, but, mm-hmm. but fairly auto take if it's available, right? So, yeah. Well, and so what, to, oh, sorry, what's kind of interesting is that, you know, there has been a good amount of contention about these book battle tactics to the point where I think we're hearing about some notable tournaments trying to ban them. 
Am I right about that, or am I just completely mishearing that? I, I've I've heard outright ban possibilities. I've seen yeah. them almost. I mean, I, I know. I, I remember that when I went to that, whatever it was, um, that uh, grand tournament the other like earlier mm-hmm. this month. You know, at some point, you know, the battle pack had changed a little bit, but at some point, I think it had written that they were not going to allow the book battle okay. pack, so they changed it last minute. They did, so that was being kind of flirted with. Um, and, but the biggest one I've heard of that seems to be kind of going down that road is actually taking a very interesting path. It's a split path. Uh, okay. and it's actually the one I think happened this weekend. The, um, <clears throat> the big, um, grand tournament down in, in Austin or, or around thereabouts or, or Dallas or wherever in Texas. Okay. Lone Star. Somewhere in Texas. Yeah. A huge. It's a tournament. small place. How about, how, how, where could it, you know, somewhere huge tournament down small place. Yeah. in that giant area. <laughs> anyway, big, big tournament. That was like hundred plus players or, or like some high number. Uh, yeah. from what I'd heard. And I think that they had decided that you could use all the battle tactics to your grand strategy or whatever from your book, if you so desired. But they said, well, if you're going to do a battle tactic from your book, it's worth one point, not two. If you're going to do a grand strategy from your book, it's worth two points, not three. So like Ooh. your options are there, you can play with your stuff, but you know, it kind of curtails it feeling like as much of an advantage because you're giving something up to go for like the easier fruit, so to speak. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. I think I'm always, I'm not always, there's one unit Every that single I never time. want to see in a, in a game again. <laughs> uh, and I think it should be just taken out of competitive play whatsoever. Even now that crown spine just needs to go away. It breaks every rule of the game. Okay. Outside, but of short that, of that, short of that, I am almost <laughs> totally against Kong, um, because of <coughs> because of the idea that so if we're going to let's it, what it does is it lowers all tides to me for all armies. So even poor um, poor armies or poor uh, competing armies. Um, or brought down with that. And that, that presents a problem of, okay, if you're playing a certain army um, that already struggles to get battle tactics, uh, maybe mm-hmm. due to the specific GHP that's out, um, the model range for that army. Um, and then in addition, your book may just not be presenting you with the, uh, the ability is possible. You're mm-hmm. you're now stuck down an extra point. So regardless, I think what happens is that maybe there's a little bit more of an eking out for the people who are, um, you know, uh, let's let's put this in a different way. Maybe <laughs> maybe that that helps uh, players like five times out of 10 to kind of jump up because, you know, something like the, uh, <laughs> the new battle tactics in the, uh, in the gloom spike gets book, they can literally, I just looked at them. They literally can get those once every turn. Right. Okay. Um, you know, maybe that cuts them down. And if somebody's only using those, then that's, you know, that's entirely on them in a situation where it costs one point each. Sure. But where the opposing army, which may already be down a tier, is losing that one guaranteed or that one situational, they're just they're just cut down even more, right? And uh, this is why comp, I think, is always a problem for me. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I think I, I, you know, okay. I've definitely been on different sides of that argument over the course of playing these games over the years, you know, is comp good is comp bad. And certainly you do see some cool examples of comp, you know, so especially sort of late game Warhammer fantasy. There were some really robust comp systems out there that made the game really interesting and different. Um, but I think I'm with you that, you know, if we want, like right now, Games Workshop is being very receptive. They're being very open about their rules changes and their desire to balance and that kind of thing. And if we start comping the game ourselves, my cat just jumped okay, up. Yeah. Crap on. <laughs> so, uh, so just for everybody here, why, uh, why, why Jack and I just giggled. <laughs> Miles' cat tried to uh, jump up on uh, on its bed on the table and uh, just, just completely shit. whiffed yeah. it. Yeah, I saw it in the camera. It's it pretty and, great. And, and to add a little context, especially why I was laughing so hard, is Miles has a really cool medical mystery in his house where he has two cats who share one brain. And most of yeah. that brain is with the black and white cat. And the other one, Freya, had a classic moment where she jumped up onto a cat bed and it fell off and fell on top of her. And it was like a slow motion comedic <laughs> sketch. Yeah, and she's still sitting there just trying to figure out what to do about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is her life now. She lives there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Sorry. Derailment. No, no. It's okay. uh, to get back somewhere, where wherever we were... Um, Right. Games Workshop is being very uh, proactive about, you know, trying to balance the game, trying to keep the game in a good place. We have these yep. MetaWatch interviews once a quarter. We have a balance update once a quarter. If we're comping the the game, um, then we're throwing off all of their data that they have to use to balance the game. I yeah. think that's a really good point, yeah. actually. And, and I ultimately... As fun as it is to maybe go to a Vantor season twist like that, I kind yeah. of come down where you guys are because, you know, you take a giant RTT, which you get to pay attention to, which maybe, or GT, sorry, I can't use my words today, that, you know, sending people to like the master's level events and all that, and then you change the rules. Well, if that data is feeding in, you know, cool, it's good, it's a good result. Maybe it is better or not, but it's A, not the game. The Games Workshop is currently released and trying to push, and B, right. it will mess up their feedback, right? It'll tell them it's okay if it's not. If your Band-Aid is covering the wound, they do not identify the wound. Yep, yeah, and I think uh, that speaks to another level of like how the state of the game and how it changes over time too, right? New GHBs come out, it forces you to change the way you play in order to play the game mm -hmm. up to... A competitive level right if you're like me and you're just going to play all cavalry you shouldn't expect to be getting every battle tactic right now um and you you know you may have to rely on the book a little bit more in order to get one or two battle tactics um but that shouldn't skew it too hard and we should see armies come up in resurgence right there you should know. be an ebb and flow uh, oh, yeah. No, I think yeah, naturally armies gaining and losing power is natural. And part of the fun of the game, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. chess. It can be like an evolve. Like there are different times where things are kind of waxing and waning. You know, no, no. Yeah. Give us gitsy moon focused thinking there. But, you know, there's there's something that, to that. Um, <laughs> one thought I'll throw in. I think this is just maybe what I do agree with about what kind of rankles folks with this is it almost seems like a binary situation because I think we are at a GHB right now where it is tougher to get your battle tactics unless you want to play the Galatian Champions game, right? It's like if you don't do that, if you just say, no, I like my army, what GHB win? Don't care. I painted this list. I push it forward. I expect to win. And it doesn't have the right pieces. 
you have very few viable tactics. And in, in fact, it's very mm-hmm. hard to get all of your tactics. And then we sort of noted that before, but yeah. if you have kind of like, you know, nuts in the storehouse ready for the winter, this being the winter. And as does one, which is like blink at your opponent three times, another one, which is like have an R a model in your table quarter, you know, then you could effectively evade it because you're not put up against it as much. You can still get the relatively easy ones for GHP and get a high score without changing your list. And, and I do wish people had to change their lists a bit more for the season. So I feel like it kind of lets sure. them escape that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And gloom spike gets is probably going to be a major offender for that. Uh, Those assholes. <laughs> I mean, I'm with it. They deserve they've been so, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. But yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. It's a really tough, like looking at these battle tactics, right? Gaining momentum, that's always, that's the same. The eye for an eye, that's the same. Desecrate their lands, that's the same. This one's mine. That one uh, is really situational based on who your general is. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of interesting reasons to make your general a Galatian champion now. And that makes that this one's mine significantly harder than having your general be riding a giant dragon or something. I I mean, this one's mine. I take in practice games once every couple of months to remind myself why I should never be using that battle tactic. Oh, sure. Well, well, it's like, okay, let's do it. We got it. We got to cross this box off. Okay, good. Yep. Still worthless. That's one where like uh, for me, if I had the mock rush a general, Hell yeah, this one's mine. Take that every game, <coughs> you know. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> but now it now it's much more interesting. Um, Matter of Honor is tough. You got to kill a Galatian champion or sworn bodyguard with a Galatian champion or sworn bodyguard. Again, that goes back to the this one's mine problem. Like, how many of your Galatian champions are up to kill a unit in one in one swing? Exactly. It's like you know anything at that foot level. It's not unique. Is generally struggling. Like the dice can and will fail you there. I mean, about the only time I feel good about it was if I was like fighting like an empire battle mage on two wounds who got somehow survived the first round of combat with like no exactly fight a character. <laughs> and then and that leads me into what's the other one? Uh, um. Oh uh, no, I guess those are the two. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So those two are basically like. Only if you have a situation where they have a wounded but not dead Galatian champion that's within range for you to kill with your dude. Who is on foot by necessity. Well, and um, so so that, that depends on the army build, obviously. Like with an assassin and a Skaven army, that's that's much easier for me to get. Sure, um, but it's got to be an assassin that's... Oh, I guess it's a uh, it's, it's a Galatian champion. Champion for the this one's mine. The assassin would have to be your general, but yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think um, in in my my only frustration when it comes down to it, when I look at a lot of the battle tactics in books, because um, I'm continually jumping back and forth, still trying to figure out which army I want to play for the season. And one of the ones that I've had a lot of fun with is that all Ashen army, right? The mm-hmm. all uh, clan Ashen. And the book itself only has four battle tactics. The whole, all of the, all the Skaven. Uh, Skaven book only has four battle tactics. Whereas I now look at the Gloom Spike Git uh, book. If you're playing a mixed list, you have about five battle tactics easily, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the Skaven one, you really, unless you're playing a mixed list, only have one. And even okay. if you're playing... and. And even then, you have to have almost every different um, 
subfaction of uh, Skaven in there. Sure, which is hard to get four. into a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think what it is, is is when these battle tactics are created, you know, the, it's like, okay, this is fun. This is thematic. We're going to do this thing that's helpful. And... And, um, and, and, and kind of going back to like a lot of grievances, I remember, you know, there was when, when third edition came out, there was this, there was this very clear dividing line for a lot of players mm-hmm. between battle tactics are great and battle tactics are horrible and they're going to change the game too much. And that was the equal or more reliance on battle tactics than actually completing, you know, uh, the objectives in the game, holding objectives, so the, the, making the primary a, objectives. Exactly. Yes. Instead of, instead of making it a movement game, it became a, okay, do this. Good. Do this. Good. Do this. Good. Do this. Good. Yeah. Whereas some, uh, two, one to two out of five turns in a game, you're not truly, um, Unless you're playing at the top level chess, right? It's not like you're going to get every single one of those objective-based uh, um, points. Sure. As opposed to battle tactics. And so with the switch to the reliance on battle tactics as an equal to almost way of getting your points over the course of the game, mm-hmm. some armies are just inherently going to be edged out of that especially now that they have just a much more to get one of the reasons i enjoyed the new um the new ghp is it's harder to get those battle tactics yeah, yeah. and so the people who still want to play chess because they love battle tactics are overjoyed about using all of the battle tactics from the book of their army choice and sure. the others i think fall into that camp of are battle tactics too much I don't know. I, I, you know, I think, and I will applaud GW on this. Like there is um, still very, like one of the things that I think we learned if you played 40 K over the years is that, you know, as 40 K has gotten more uh, modern in its sort of approach to missions was that objective play was much more interesting in the long run than like kill points. hundred percent. I think, I think that that's, Right. And that I think was a real big turning point in that game from being this game of like, uh, let me bring all the biggest guns and sit back and shoot you to like, okay, well now I need to have a more uh, flexible force. That's going to have, be able to do all these different things and sit on objectives and claim stuff. And that's been a huge strength of age of Sigmar from the outset. Yeah. As soon as we got real missions and points and stuff. So right after the outset, you know, six months or so, whenever that was. (laughs) Um, And Major props to GW for not giving us a bunch of points for killing stuff in these battle tactics. You know, like the the killing, if you do get a point for killing something, it is very specific. It is very situational uh, outside of that one that Matt has where you kept to kill any monster for, for whatever reason. <laughs> but that's, it's, but it's that's still thematic and up. you can only do it once, you know, like... Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm sure the debate will rage on to this one, but is it? It is mm-hmm. interesting. We should uh, keep a, a tally, maybe, as we continue to do some events and tournaments about how often we're getting the ones that are from the book and feel like the the common ones versus how often sure. we're dipping into the secret reserve. <laughs> I felt really good. I actually got United Offense 
uh, this weekend, which is a tough one. Oh because yeah. Cause that's the one it's a, uh, objective that's controlled by your opponent and you have to control it at the end of the turn with two, uh, or more Galatian champions. Yeah. I would, I would say that's, that's a, one of the blue moon book ones, right? Cause like, that's not that common. <laughs> no, that's really tough. It's interesting. Um, I think that's our opponent uh, dependent because I've gotten that several times. Yeah. Um, because I'll have somebody who wants to get that first turn, um, throw that one uh, unit out there to grab an objective, and all of a sudden I'm right there. Oh, sure. So you're seeing it as a counterplay, the cunning maneuver, turn one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really you have it's a counter to- King's Gambit. If for those following us along with the chess, it's the Sicilian defense. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll <go with> that. <laughs> okay. I, I like that. I like that. But you have to have a bunch of GCs for that. You really yes, do. Yeah, exactly. yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's, that's again, entirely army dependent. Um, one of the things that I don't think gets enough talk about is the uh, grand strategies though. Those to mm-hmm. me, um, and it depends on your scoring system. Right. Um, we use a scoring system uh, with ITC where you actually get double the points for your grand strategy. Oh, interesting. Um, and because it's a tiebreaker in the 500 point system. And so you get it, you know, you get your three points at the end of the game if mm-hmm. you've secured your grand strategy. And then you get the three points um, again uh, because you're getting your in in-game points and then you're tallying up points for the tiebreaker. Okay. And that ends up causing way more havoc to me in the long run. Um, That's really interesting because some of those are just auto auto win, right? Um, The first one that comes to mind is fire slayers, especially in this new book where you can hide, Hide your general, give him a uh, you know a foreign up ward, and then he's in the uh, the bodyguard um, yeah, battalion. Yeah. I was going to do all that with an orc. Is just summon an invocation. Make sure the invocation is on there, and you can make it reroll. So there's there's almost no reason uh, somebody would not get that right. Yeah, and, aside from and, getting massively tabled, at which point, like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I think I think if there's anything that actually to me uh provides the feel badsies. Yeah. And it's it's the grand strategies because most well, of the ones that are the offenders, just like the um uh, I guess I hate dwarves. I'm I'm hating on dwarves. That's okay, I hate on dwarves. It's okay. Uh, that's, they're used to it. Yeah, because the sky boys have take one it. as well. Um yeah. so I might have heard of what the sky boy one is. <laughs> So theirs is, oh man, I'm on the spot. You I have a remember. ship. <laughs> yeah, you literally have like guys in a ship or you have them on an objective. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Okay. But it's been pulled on me where it's just like, okay, well, that's easily doable with an army that can just redeploy right at the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. You, and it becomes know, I, a non interactive element of the game. And that's the worst thing ever. I, I do yeah. think there's something to that one, not to pick on it at all, but uh, the guy I played in the last GC who was doing KO, awesome dude, played him really well. But I remember he used mm-hmm. that one, and it was, but of course I get this grand strategy. And I think yeah, he got yeah. it every single game. And yeah. I won his games, of course, but also like there was no question that if he was winning or in a good position, he would get that strategy. <laughs> exactly. And that's the only that's the only thing that I see when I look at those. When, when somebody <laughs> says, oh, battle tactics, they're too much, like, well, it's like yeah. – well, have you looked at the extra three points that your opponent gets every turn? 
or every game. Yeah, yeah. Know, like well, those three points will actually change your game, right? And to to maybe play a little bit, uh, uh, not devil's advocate, but whatever, you know, you get the idea. Um, it also sounds like you have an interesting tournament level comp system going on that's making the imbalance in uh, grand strategies even worse. As a TO, it drives me nuts. It, yeah. it drives me up the wall. Like there, there have been a couple of games where it's just like that. What? So Why? one thing uh, we did the so the last tournament and they've they've been doing this for a couple of tournaments over here is uh, kind of an interesting take on the 500 point system, uh, which is there are no tiebreaker points to start off with. Um, if you win, you get 600 points, and your opponent gets zero. If you lose, you get four. Or if you lose, uh, if, you, it's a, if it's a minor victory, which almost never happens, it's 400, 200. If it's a dead draw, it's 300, 300. And then your in-game points, including your battle tactics and your grand strategy, is the tiebreaker. Interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, I could see that working for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure that someone with a more advanced math degree than me could come up with an edge case where it doesn't work. But I, but so far, I've been very pleased with it as a, as a tournament system. Uh, and it's dead simple. Nice. Nice. Well... Speaking of tournaments and things mm-hmm. like that, maybe a fun palate cleanser to our, you know, quite roaring and I think continuing debate sure. on grand strategies and, uh, and battle tactics. So I think we have some general alignment here uh, are more events and what to do about the current bugbears and uh, oh, things yeah. that go bump in the night or protect you scuttle up from the dark. Uh, I will be playing RTT this upcoming weekend, uh, hoping to, you know, be a mirror to Miles's, you know, a uh, Conquering score at least, and we'll have a good time yeah. with that. Uh, but I've been I've been thinking about our our friends the gets, uh, and I have I have one thing that I really want to do. I'm not sure I'll actually make my list accomplished, but I thought everyone would find it fun. Okay. Which is I want to be a shrine buster. They all come out of that thing. Just got to blow it up. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's. Uh, I mean, honestly, as strategies go against the gets, that is uh, definitely a thing to be to be thinking about because one of the most egregious things about them is not only are they voluminous and difficult to kill and rally for like no reason at all. Uh, but then they just come back on a re-rollable four up every yeah. single turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was sort of thinking. It feels like, you know, if, if some giant terrifying squid card comes and mashes half your army, that feels mm-hmm. bad, but, it, but maybe, you know, in other armies of the games, you kill that. And then maybe you can claw it back. But when half of that comes back again, the just seals the yeah. deal, you know, and I was looking at the, the war scroll. I'm like, well, you know, that's a pretty liberal amount of space that can plop it down. It's hard to screen the thing out. Sure. So go straight for the throat. Uh, and I've been tinkering around with a couple of ways to get something with a monstrous action, 100% against it, almost the entire, the entire time, you know, <laughs> first nice. turn to make sure that even if, they're just rushing roll, me. They're not roll the three up roundhouse kick. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a bad plan because it is, you know, a lot of planning for a three up, but it seems fun. So I'm yeah, going to take it with that. <laughs> so, so you're, uh, you're tinkering with slaves to darkness for that one. Yeah. Slaves to darkness. I mean, it, it, it's not, not to, to be sure that I would take this. So, so with a grand assault, uh, all listeners are people who I might be playing and having a great time with on Saturday, but, <laughs> I just had this thought, well, I could I could put a demon prince and turn him to a monster with a command trait. Mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. make him Sonesh. I can 
zip them right up there, you know, and I can pretty easily with a 3D6 charge and a run and charge or some combination of it, get to even a very conservatively placed loon shrine, be within three inches of it, kill some smaller unit just to be a hassler and then try to kick it. If I kick it, a whole lot of problems go away. And I think I sort of shift the this perspective. I could also do it with like a Manticore riding sorcerer chaos lord, or if I really want to be spicy, Archeon. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know that you know he might be just great for it. You know, because he's so killy and they have a hard time with him anyway. Being being back there, I mean, I don't know. There's there, there's there's some options, uh, some options out there. The problem is, whatever you do to do that is a pretty significant points investment, and it's oh, a sure, suboptimal it's a usage of DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And and then you're you're if if somebody knows right if you get a monster and you're going to be zipping out they're going to know to bubble wrap and there's if there's an army that knows how to bubble wrap terrain oh god they're gets, so good right? at it yeah so, and if they have the bodies which they do they can stop you from getting within three inches of it because that's the yeah, key yeah. if I can't get within three inches of the terrain like. It's it's not even a point because that's be the charge phase. I have to literally just have that millimeter into the sweet three inch zone, then the lashed out yeah, yeah. tail will topple that stone. But you know, well, that rhymed. So nice. One of the things <laughs> that I've been trying to figure out after uh, lending Charles my Gloom Spike gets army so I can learn how badly he can table me with him. Nice. Um, Good solid plan. Is is <laughs> to try and think uh, as well. Like, what's another what's another way of um, you know, being able to deal with gets, uh, specifically squigs and trogs right now. Trogs that can get a two plus save, five up shrug and heal. That's yep. disturbing. That's so disturbing. Um, so the specifically uh, the game that I had against him was using my all knights list, which mm-hmm. fun, not going to do anything against gets, right? Um, especially when you roll like I do, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but the, uh, the, a couple of units really stood out to me. Um, and then the, the option of allying stuff it because I play the Slanesh, uh, slaves to darkness heavy as well. And I like mm-hmm. to keep it as thematic as I can. Um, the best the first, way, Matt. yeah, the first one, the first one that really surprised me and I had to go back and like double check myself a couple of times is the hash hood guys. The little horns of hash hood or whatever, oh, whatever cool. they are, the war cry war band. I'm and sure Jack's have, gonna get like six boxes of those and have them painted by this week. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at a second unit because I already have one. Okay, nice. Their their flamer weapon. Um, it's not a within range, it's a unit. And you four and up wound on every model in the unit. Oh, nice. So a couple that of feels those. feels like a gets move right there. Yeah, that's that's perfect, right? Uh, and then the, the second thing is um, actually allying in Blispar archers. Um, and then throwing them in the uh, sharpshooter or marksman battalion, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just going after support characters. Uh, 18 inch right. range, you've got the speed to get out of the way, um, except for, you know, squigs, but what really takes those squigs off into terrifying territory is the little support characters that are out there. So I see like, yeah. I see that becoming a huge thing against gets, um, and, and here's the thing. I think that gets feel over proportionately powerful right now. That is a tongue twister. I'm not even going to try and say that again. Um, 
I feel they I feel like they feel like we know they're undercosted. We know squig herds are undercosted. That's just and sure. If that you've seems... been on the receiving end of a charge or you've charged into them or you've just had to deal with the mortal wounds on two plus that come nine inches, right? Yeah. After after they fail bravery. Um, like those those are intercosted. But the specific GHB right now makes that army much, much better if you're using any of the moon clan stuff, right? Sure. So I think I feel like right now it's more survive the GHB, wait until the errata and the uh, points yeah. updates, and just target small characters, or just play like five croaks. You play five croaks, you won. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. The old five croak list. If you're techless and you're like, oh man, there's all these little support characters. This is tough. If only I had one spell, I could auto cast. It would burn them alive. <laughs> and then yep. the second spell, I could auto cast. So make sure the job is done. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's interesting because like I I have thought about it and I still don't have an answer to um, to a trog boss with a two plus save or just a uh, sorry six stone. Sure. I mean, drugs there's the there's save. probably some really interesting tactics you can do with mm-hmm. all of our favorite uh, characters, uh, Bellicor, Kairos, um, those stupid little tornado foxes that the Lumineth have, you know, where you mm-hmm. are somehow messing with their movement or you're sniping or you're, you know, you're denying that, like, you can imagine, okay, like, there's this big unit of squigs. Right, the squig herd. The footprint on that thing is enormous to take 36 of them. Right. If you stop its movement turn one, uh nothing can get over that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Belly, very true. Belly does or a cron spine. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um no, but uh the uh, with squigs, it's funny because the I feel like there are a lot of tools out there that can deal with it. Sure. There's just a huge like shock that comes with fighting that unit the first time. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. With the rules updates, because they they're le- they're a legitimate unit now. They're not like, oh, I love squigs. They're on the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. That's so cute. Is that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's not like you're having a great time. They're having a great time. Oh, bring the whole army for I'm gonna kill it. Get my yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not the fate. Not that we, that was always the fate, but you know, much stronger now. <laughs> it's 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 very nice that they they've entered that, and that's like, you know, one of my armies is a squig one, so I'm happy about it. I can't play it until the until the until they're bad again. Up. Yeah. Um, at least <laughs> to the point where they're average. Um, but the like horror gas. Why are we not seeing the horror ghast? Yeah, in, in I can see uh, flesh eater court screamers and terror guys coming back in a big way. Yeah, if if we get us a, a, a gets meta. Yeah, and and that even yep. works against trucks too, right? They're uh, yeah. five plus bravery. Yeah, they're, oh, they're, they're they're real low bravery. Yeah, if you they might even be a four. So trugs. like, so there are things that can deal with them. Um, I think it's just it's a lot of sticker shock, and then like. It's an army that it used to be too easy to fold, and now it's actually got well-written rules, and we're all like, wait a minute, there are horde armies again? Wait, yeah, that's what? true. We, I mean, even the Skaven have been playing, as in my experience recently, have been playing Six Storm Fiends, Thankful and Bone Ripper, and like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And the, so... <laughs> uh, I have opinions so actually on Six see, Storm Fiends. It's such a trap. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. But to like, you know, to see 120 bodies on the other side of the table and be like, oh crap, that's right. That's how this game works. Yeah. I have to out muscle that on an objective. And, 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 you yeah. know, to, to be fair to hordes coming back and being scary, like, I'm still of the opinion that that rule on the stabas is the scariest thing ever. With the, you know? the nine inch, uh... yeah, the nine inch control zone. That's that's really really hard to deal with. This game breaking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just, uh, I definitely attempted to acquire stabas for this last weekend as an ally, but I could not. So they ended up with the shooters, and they are just not nearly as good. Yeah, that's so fun. So <laughs> at fun. least as an ally, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not a gets player. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Um. <laughs> oh, before I before I forget to throw this one out because I think you guys and possibly should appreciate this. Is there's one thing I want to try. It might not be the best, but it feels like such a fun little super frenzy kind of like defensive thing, mm-hmm. which is I want to get not just the chosen, which are always going to be there for the slaves of darkness, right? But I want to have mm-hmm. their pets, the menagerie. Which is going to be the cockatrice, it's a bird, mm-hmm. and their kitty, the mind stealer's phyrex. Nice. And it's actually something I want to play with where I don't necessarily have to screen them because you can't always screen against stuff like that. But I want to bubble wrap these two support pieces with the chosen so you can't fight them without being within the auras. So I have a reasonably good chance of either making you only hit on sixes if I roll the four up for the cockatrice and start a sure. combat, and a reasonably good chance if I can match or exceed your bravery on 2d6 of making sure that you strike last so I could end up whomping things <laughs> and then only seeing like a very light reprisal, the perfect situation. And I don't know, it seems fun. It seems yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the I feel like the kitty got better. The, the kitty got better and it got and, better and worse. And I think it's overall, it's better, but it's, yeah. It, yeah. I feel like it got better just in it's it, the situations in which you can use it have opened up a little bit more. Okay. Um, sure. Not, not like it, it's entirely army dependent, obviously like it's going to do nothing against, um, against like a night haunt army, but, when it comes down to like actually being able to use it in the phase at that moment, you're not having to pre move it up to an area where, you know, you're going to get hit. And, you know, I feel like the, the kitty should be appearing in a lot more lists. Uh, sure. Oh yeah. No, it's in so. combat phase now. Yeah. That was always such a bitch earlier when yep. like it would be in the hero phase or yeah, something. They'd see it coming. And, he had to be there. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah. lame comparatively. But, but now uh, you just run him the, up. The other secret thing with the kitty was the just the minus two bravery bubble. It was a 12 inch minus two bravery bubble. And you combine that with all the minus bravery that you get from the uh, the night banners and the marauder banners. And all of a sudden you're like, you're minus four bravery on that unit. Like, I wish make he my still day. had that. I yeah. wish he still had that. It would be so good. But. That was a very surprising like thing to see go away when I when I saw that war scroll. I was like, really? Why? What's yeah. why? Well, now it has a different leadership interaction, which is cool in its own different way. You know, like, but it's, it's not minus two. I know. It's not. <laughs> Kitty is definitely far better now than he used to be, though. It's swiping things with his paw. I mean, like mm-hmm. uh, he could do ten damage. He's you know five two damage attacks on him. You know, threes and threes, red minus one. Yeah, and, get him uh, in the right spot. Yeah, the cockatrice actually is when it attacks, it doubles its sorry charges, it doubles its attacks, right? So that could do twenty damage if nothing made it saves and you totally hit everything. So there's there's some fun play with those as well. Yeah, cockatrice definitely got more dependable, um, and 
Thank goodness it's not a monster anymore. That was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That was so ridiculous. It was a sad day, but they're so useful. I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack, you'll have to keep us uh, apprised of your uh, uh, zoo of uh, exotic animals yeah. uh, list. Um, Throw in a chimera there just for fun. Just just do it, yeah. Um, <laughs> that really would be riding the theme. I think I have a Chaos Gargant in there right now. He's kind of like a pet. <laughs> there you go. He just wants to show people his rock. Yeah, he's stinky. This is his special sauce. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Look at my rock. Uh, <laughs> um, sounds good. I think we've uh, come to a good place, so we should uh, maybe call it. And then uh, next time we will have exciting news from uh, Jack's RTT. Um, I'm actually going to be playing uh, a tournament at Warhammer World this weekend, not to just like completely one up you there, Jack. Uh, just just <laughs> brush your shoulders off right there. So that'll be exciting. You know, I've never done an event an event there. You know, uh, it'll be. I'll, I'll we'll let you know if the hype is real. Uh, <laughs> that'll be really fun. That that'll be the the headliner for our next uh, our next episode. I think like international gamers exploits and local man with local meta problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. That'll be brilliant. Uh, well, as always, uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, you, you're the best. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, always striking last. Thanks, everybody. And as always, <laughs> strike last. Matt's going for the last word. I see him. I see him waiting for it. He's the spirit animal for this episode. Always strike last. Or something. I don't know.